Welcome to Supply Chain Partners TVN Podcast, where we discuss innovative services and strategies delivered by our members at Supply Chain Partners. Our members can help you to build a high-performing business and supply chain. I'm Dr. Sharon Grant, the founder of Supply Chain Partners. I've worked in the logistics and supply chain management field for over 20 years, and I specialize in strategic supply chain performance management. Let's now introduce you to our member. With us today is Tony Richter, the founding partner from Bastion Consulting. Bastion Consulting is a boutique supply chain and technology recruitment firm based in Australia and services clients globally. Welcome, Tony. Thanks for being here with us today. Thanks for having me, Sharon. Pleasure to be here. Today's episode is about overcoming supply chain and technology recruitment challenges. Firstly, Tony, can you tell me a little bit more about you and how Bastion came to be? Sure. So I, I personally have been in supply chain logistics recruitment for, I think it's about 12 years now. I started back in 2010 for a company called Chandler McLeod. You know, I've been either based in Sydney. I did spend about four years in, or just under four years in Singapore. I opened an office for my previous boss. And then that's, we just decided to come back to Australia and then coming back, we just wanted to start our own. Essentially, I wanted to start my own business. I felt it was the right time for me in my career. And so we opened up Bastion Consulting five years. You know, I felt comfortable doing that technically as well because we've been doing recruiting for a while. I'd finished my master's in supply chain logistics at uni and just felt like I'd have the credibility to open my own business. And so from that point, five years to now has seemed like a lifetime ago. Definitely aged quite a bit, put on a few pounds. But now we're, you know, we're certainly working on a lot of exciting roles in supply chain and tech at the moment. And us as a business, just quickly, we are providing a number of different types of recruitment services. So primarily retained search services, but we do work on contracting roles and some market mapping exercises as well. Thanks, Tony. That's very impressive to learn that you have a master's in logistics and supply chain management. Now, I saw a post from Bastion Consulting recently shared on LinkedIn from the Australian Financial Review about a 45-year low unemployment rate in Australia of 3.9%. How is that mm. impacting recruitment? Yeah, look, I think it's definitely a challenging market. You know, when I first got into recruitment, the hardest part about recruitment was uh, getting the job on, right, getting the work from the client. And it's almost like the inverse now is clients are so much more receptive to using partners like ourselves because they've tried it themselves and have failed. And so they're looking for alternative ways to work. So, you know, we're definitely busier because of that, but the timelines to fill roles have certainly elongated quite a bit. We had an example last month where one of our customers had recruited some of their own roles. I think it was four or five jobs where they had offers out and all four got rejected or counteroffered. So, you know, there's a there's definitely a shortage of workers. I think even specifically in the supply chain space, things like WMS or e-com fulfillment, anything to do with automation, there's definitely pockets in supply chain that are making it challenging to recruit. And that's why there's such low unemployment rates. And also just in other sectors, I'm assuming a lot in IT, uh, in a number of different build and, and architecture type environments, there's a, a number of different industries that are being pretty impacted at the moment that, you know, combined, I think the investment in business and supply chain is impacting the, the, the speed for transformation. So everyone wants to upgrade their capability, which which is again resulting in less talent to pull from but you've also got the border closures that we've gone through with covid the last couple of years kind of making it difficult too so it's all of those kind of macro factors that are having an impact 
I think just from the employee perspective, I wouldn't say employees and candidates are being greedy, but I think they're certainly being opportunistic and, and understanding, especially in the supply chain, having, you know, you'd be living under a rock to not see supply chain talked about in mainstream media like it has been in the last couple of years and the value supply chain has. And so if you're a professional in supply chain, it's pretty natural for them to assume that they're more valuable than they were two or three years ago. And so that's also resulting in you know, a higher, a higher demand in them that from their side in terms of salary expectations. And so there's all of these kind of different variables that are contributing to a pretty difficult employment market to fill, to fill roles. There's not enough staff, not enough skilled staff in a number of areas. And employers are having to be a lot smarter about how they retain talent. We're starting to see employers look at more ways to be preemptive about retaining talent. So whether it be extending bonuses or, or maybe some stay on bonuses and things of that nature. And then as I mentioned a couple of seconds ago, the, the, the counter offer right now, the speed of the counter offer, as I've never seen it, we've lost out on so many placements in the last 12 months because employers are so scared of losing their existing employees that they're prepared to pay obscene amounts of numbers, you know, 30, 40% above what they were on two weeks ago, just to keep the talent too. So all of that's contributing to a really low unemployment rate because people are, there's just, there's too many jobs and not enough staff, unfortunately, so. So other than low unemployment rates and trends, you mentioned about counter offers happening at a mm. much higher rate. Is there mm. anything that hiring managers could do to avoid this? Yeah, look, it's, you know, it's, uh, it's definitely, there's no secret sauce. I think there's certainly some principles. I mean, you certainly as a manager, line manager, want to understand your staff's motivations and, and their development needs. I think people are, it's an employee's market, right? I use the analogy often. I don't know how many sports fanatics are out there, but I'm, I'm big into basketball and the labor dynamic used to be the, the, the sports team or the employer had all of the control Right. And now it's very much a flip on that now where the, the sport, like the basketball stars in the NBA, they talk about the player empowerment movement where they're a much more deciding factor around their, where they work, how they work, how they're paid. Right. And you're seeing that now in the, in the labor market now, just in general business too. So I think it starts with understanding what is your, what do your employees want? What kind of development needs and paths do, are they interested in and have understanding their motivations, you know, to avoid some of these to avoid the counter offers, I still see employers or clients of ours trying to do four or five rounds of interviews when the market's just too busy and too hot to take that amount of time. You really need to condense it to, you know, two, maybe three max and try to do them over a, you know, a week or 10 day period. Once you've got the candidate's attention, it's almost imperative that you keep their attention. You know, the amount of candidates I've spoken to recently in the last, especially in the last six to 12 months who are fed up with people like me calling them uh, because there's so many jobs going on at the moment, they've almost got exhaustion from dealing with talking about new roles. And so when you do get a candidate and you've got their attention, you need to capitalize on that incredibly fast. And I guess another thing you would certainly want to know what competitors are doing. I think the, Sometimes specifically in supply chain, companies will say, well, let's just go steal our competitors demand planning manager as an example, right? And, you know, I think that's a bit of a flawed strategy because you're just bringing the same problems your competitor has to you as well. You guys are all facing the same kind of challenges, but there are times sometimes when it's important to understand what, what your industry or your competitors are doing so that you can, I guess, pre-plan against any kind of 
uh, attacks on your talent or retention requirements you may have too. So, and I guess the last thing I'd say would certainly have a conversation with your staff around understanding and being aware that it's an it's a buoyant market out there. And if they do get an offer, that they should come talk to you first. So, you know, it's it's almost like having that mature conversation with your kids, right? Saying, look. If you're going to go out and do something stupid, at least tell me you're going to go do it beforehand. You know, you're, we have a much better chance of resolving it and giving you what you want. If you give us a preempt, if you surprise us out of the blue, it's probably not going to get the result you're looking for. So it's almost like pre-planning for them leaving, pre-planning, trying to understand their motivation and their needs. I know that takes a lot of time and energy and effort, which a lot of people don't have right now. But the reality is the it's such a competitive market out there for a supply chain talent that if you don't invest in this type of thing, you're going to lose out on good people. So you kind of have to. It definitely sounds like a challenging time. Does one particular example spring to mind? We had a, a bit of an unusual one. So I won't say the client's name, but it is a well-known logistics services, 3PL businesses that service services a major food retailer. We had a specific role in their consulting team that it was, you know, middle management, like 150K role, let's say. And we had essentially over a period, I think it was seven or eight months, gotten to final offer stage for four candidates, I think it was. And either they were counter offered or rejected the offer. So it ended up taking us about eight months to fill a specific role. You know, I, I, we were fortunate that we had a good, a good relationship with the client and they understood the process. We have an ability to share real-time tracking data with them so they could see the activity was there. We're not just sitting there doing nothing, but it was almost like this perfect storm of constant counter offers coming in and people rejecting the offer. And so it, it took a lot of effort. It took a lot of patience on the customer side to be able to handle that that amount of many rejections. I think it was four, might have been five candidates. But yeah, it was a number of offers offered to candidates, candidates rejected or counter offered. And so we got into a point where it took us a, a long time to fill the role. Eventually we did fill the role, which is great. And that candidate's still there and he's doing a really good job. But you know, it's an example where timelines and expectations around filling roles, like I still have hiring managers coming to me and saying, oh, I'd like this person to start at the beginning of July. And I actually had one of those this week <laughs> and I started laughing. I said, oh, well, you know, there's usually a four week notice period already to start with and you're expecting us to produce CVs and you assess candidates and a four week notice period in 35 days. I think that's a little unrealistic. And so it goes back to kind of my earlier point around pre-planning and being a bit more strategic. I think it's the days of where the employer, everyone wants to work for us. Those are long gone, right? You really need to, the power is with the employee now and you kind of need to adjust how you approach the market because of it. Absolutely. Well, that's great to see you were able to turn that around. You also previously mentioned market mapping. Could you tell mm -hmm. our listeners a little bit more about this and how it works? Sure. So market mapping is a service that we do provide. It's generally when, you know, there's a couple of situations where it can be used. A client of ours wants to build a talent pipeline for future skills, future function. It could be they're opening a new business unit or a new product line, and they don't have an appreciation for the skills that are going to be needed in this role. And they don't have an internal database or an internal network to know 
where to find these people. Uh, sometimes we do this type of work too. If a company is going into a new market, we not only recruit roles here in ANZ in Australia and New Zealand, but also across APAC as well. And so let's say you're an Australian business entering into Vietnam as an example. And again, I'm just making that up, but as an example, it can allow you to identify other competitors or organizations and where those skills would sit just to give you an, an appreciation or where the talent is sitting, the types of skills that the talent has, potentially salary information in relation to the skill level and seniority, but it helps give them a bit more of a rounded view around what that market looks like in terms of talent, the cost, the skills associated with that as well to allow them to make a better and, inf and more informed decision. So it really does depend on what is the outcome they're looking for. It's essentially a, a huge market analysis around specific key criteria that we would agree upon and then produce a report citing the volume and, and what we found in terms of trends and things of that nature as well. So we actually have a number of clients who like the service and we've done this a few times, especially the last couple of months. Excellent. So what types of clients would benefit from a market mapping process? Sure. No, look, I, I think I mentioned a bit earlier before the, you know, certainly if you're going into a new market or, or new location, so entering a market confidentially or opening a new office in a new state or a new city, it could be a potentially be a startup or you've got, you you know, if you're forecasting, you're going to need a whole bunch of skills in econ fulfillment. You're opening, you're a, you're, a, you're a smaller business and you've got a site in Melbourne, but you need to open two new DCs in Sydney and one in Brisbane. You have no idea what the talent market looks like. This will be over the next six to 12 months. Well, maybe we could do a map analysis around econ fulfillment talent sitting in those two specific locations, right? So it, it does depend on the situation, but generally it's a new market entry. You want to map your competitors to better understand what they're doing or it's a startup situation i'd say excellent so how does the market mapping help companies yeah look, it's it's an ability to clarify business requirements certainly we've done a couple exercises like this around building gender diversity i think that's a big one specifically in supply chain too that's actually a real benefit it can help identify the most suited candidates for the market the research the companies and structure goes goes through, helps them understand strategies as well, maybe understanding incentives to attract top talent. What are your competitors paying? What are the incentive programs they have in place and things of that nature? So again, it kind of goes back to what is the information you're looking to achieve and, or what is the benefit of doing this, having a discussion with us to help clarify that and then allowing us to structure a bit of a research and process around how do we identify that for you and then deliver those results. And then obviously, depending on what it is, you can use that to make informed business decisions. Thanks, Tony. Your market mapping service definitely is a proactive way for your clients to prevent supply chain and technology recruitment challenges. So what would be the next steps if a client wanted to take up your market map service? They're welcome to give us a call. Our number is on our website. So our website is beconsult.io or they can shoot us an email at contact at beconsult.io as well. So either way, give us a shout and love to help. Great. Excellent. Well, thank you very much, Tony, for joining us today from Bastion Consulting. Thanks for having me. This is great. Thanks, Sharon. Well, that concludes today's episode on overcoming supply chain and technology recruitment challenges with Bastion Consulting. You will find all of their contact details listed below. So join us again at Supply Chain Partners TV and podcast, where we meet with experts from across Australia to discuss key business and supply chain issues, topics and trends, including logistics, supply chain management, technology, and much more. Be sure to click the subscribe button to this Supply Chain Partners channel. We look forward to you joining us again in a future episode.